introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he pitches oh, it. This. To oh, Mo Williams! Touchdown! You gotta be kidding me! back once again had so much fun doing this last week that i guess it might just be a thing so here with the boys from pocket protectors and climbing the pocket and once again uh i mean eric doctor most hated man on vikings twitter today maybe every day but especially today how you doing how you been i look there are not there were not that many things about the game on sunday that made me happy and there, there are probably not that many things about the season that are going to make me happy. But thinking about Jameis Winston in a Vikings uniform made me happy. So you do what makes you happy, and you write about that. And I, so I did. And, um, you know, the momentary excitement I got when Josh Freeman started a game for Minnesota, notwithstanding, uh, I think it'd be a cool di- roll of the dice for the Vikings, considering his, you know, salary and, uh, you know, the fact that he's like thir- second and a half string for the Saints right now. All right, Miles, my man. Uh, how you doing? I can't remember this week, the week before, but like you know, baby slept through the game, and you're like, "Damn, wish it was me." But like, hi, hi, how you feeling? Uh, uh, he, he slept through both games. <laughs> my son slept through both games, and I'm so jealous because both games deserved to be slept through because they were that bad. Like at least the Packer game, there was some scoring. The Colts have a worse defense, and the Vikings couldn't score. So. It was pretty brutal. It was it was bad. All right. And Kirk Cousins fan number one on the personalized <laughs> license plate. Nick Olsen. You're going to get Viking Twitter to like come after me. And mortal enemy of Adam West. How are you doing today? <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. But, man, it's going to be a long season if uh, things keep going this way. But, they, like, these games are over in, like, the first, like, four drives or something. It's it's not even like a competitive, interesting back and forth heartbreaker. It's like the game is over by the end of the first or second quarter. So it's painful to watch, man. And uh, I don't, with Anthony Barr now after the season, I'm not sure it's going to get much better. All right. And uh, last, but certainly not least, the man, the myth, the legend reporting from the place with the best weather on this podcast. Anyway, Flip, how's it going, my man? Hey, Eric, guys, I am, thank you for introducing me last because I am literally pushing the microphone further and further away from me so that I don't just spike your ears when I start dishing out some truth on today's podcast. <laughs> We're here for all of that, Flip. We're Flip, here for Flip, all of it. Flip's been waiting for, Flip was like, after Sunday, Flip, Flip saw Nick and was like, yup. well let's not waste any time flip uh you said you weren't here for the predictive stats and the is still tiny sample size and all that but it seems like the descriptive stats gave us a better uh indication of maybe where things were going when uh week two rolled around and the thing we thought should not happen which was us getting beat down by the colts actually did happen with Kirk playing an even worse game uh, as to quote Nick on Twitter the off the charts bad or turbo yikes depending on which thing you'd like to go with was uh, this his worst game as a Viking I mean it has to be Kirk's 
It has to be. I think it is, but I'm, I'm trying to, like, make sure revision, revisionist well, history isn't, like, killing me here, whatever that's I think called. Chicago week four last year was pretty rough, but I don't think it was this bad. Let me go back and look. All right, well, you look that up. Flip. Uh, he was in three interceptions. And how you feeling like about it? All? Where are you at? Yeah. You know, Jay, I, I'm not sure exactly what you had planned for this podcast, but I can tell you right now, we're not starting with the stats. Uh, I hate to break it to y'all. This <laughs> is where I, I put down the PFF grades, and we, we start with some real talk. So, Jason, what are we always looking for when we're looking at Vikings players? Some swagger. Some swagger. That's it. Swagger. We've long known that that wasn't going to be a thing with Kirk Cousins, though. Well, I mean, we, we don't need to just focus on Kirk here. We can go entire team. The bottom line is that confrontation is healthy. And, you know, I look at everybody on this call – Oh my Truth God! That's, kind of, that's why Flip is the way he is, huh? I've come after all of you. I know. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I probably go across the line at, at times, and I thank y'all for forgiving me. But but why do I do it? Because you can't have a good podcast if everyone is agreeing all the damn time. And it's the same thing with the Vikings. You can't have a good team if no one in the room is willing to admit the hard truths about the team. The Vikings have purged the competitive spirit off this team. They did it willingly when you trade Stephon Diggs, when you let Everson Griffin walk. This is what you get. When you reward mediocrity, I mean, we're talking big contracts. Anthony Barr, Kyle Rudolph, Shamar Steven. This is what you get when you draft Seven college team captains, just brown. There's brown nosers all over this damn roster. Like, this is what you get. So we can talk X's and O's all we want. This is a culture issue. There is no spark. They purposely got rid of all the sparks. They thought they were good enough. They didn't want to hear it. Well, you better be listening now. Oh. All right. Uh... Coming in hot. Coming in hot. It. Nick, stand up for the math. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news about the, the, the stats we have now is that the predictive stats tell you that the Vikings suck. <laughs> <laughs> so we know they're reliable. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should dive into Eric's hole. Should we sign Jameis Winston? Because I was thinking today, you know, if we want a quarterback this year who is willing to push the ball downfield, who is willing to throw it into tight windows, and we don't mind if he currently leads the NFL in interceptions. We already got that guy on the roster because <laughs> Kirk Cousins right now leads the NFL in interceptions. He's third in average depth of the target, and that's if you include Denver's Jeff Driscoll. And he's like sixth in, uh, in average aggressiveness by next-gen stats, so throws into tight windows. So, you know, I think we're already riding the Jameis Winston experience, and it's a little painful so far. But, you know, he's also chucking it downfield, and our guys just are reeling it in, you know. And, and Kirk is not likable. Jameis is likable. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like, we want – look, we come to – we watch this team for entertainment. And, Flip, you and I have not agreed on very much – but I agree with you wholeheartedly that mediocrity is – look, I'm 34 years old. The Vikings have been good every single year of my life except for what, 1990, 2001, 2002, 
2011 and 2013. Every other year, they've been fine. They've been a eight and eight team or better. Who cares at this point? Like, who cares at this point, right? You, you, you play to win the game. Ricky Bobby, you're either first or last. And look, Trevor Lawrence is probably that guy, but we don't, we have 14, 15 weeks left in the season. Jameis Winston actually could be that guy. We know for a fact Kirk is not that guy. Miles. I don't know how to respond to that. Um, <laughs> I like I like Jameis. I don't like Jameis with this team. At least in Tampa Bay, he had a plethora of weapons. In Minnesota, there's Adam. Like I like obviously Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, uh, a young Justin Jefferson. But like, I'm I'm okay with the entertainment aspect of it of a Jameis Winston. So bring it on. But. Do I believe that Jameis would be the guy that could be the long-term fix at quarterback? No, I don't. And that's not to say that I don't think Jameis has an opportunity to be a long-term starting quarterback. I just don't see it here unless this team literally overhauls itself. And I'm talking about getting rid of Zim. I'm talking about, like, overhauling the entire coaching staff because they would not like Jameis Winston. There's a reason they've gone after the, the quarterbacks they've gone after the last, what, eight, nine years? under uh, Rick Spielman and under Mike Zimmer. Like, there's a reason we've seen the certain quarterbacks that they've had. Jameis doesn't fit those guys. I'm okay with the type of James, uh, quarterback Jameis Winston is. He doesn't fit with what the Vikings want to do currently. So if they want to move on from Zim and, and that type of mentality, I'm cool with that. Do I see it happening? We'll see what the end result looks like. I mean, I don't see the Vikings firing Mike Zimmer unless they're like 0-8 or something, but I don't see them firing in midseason yet. So unless we see some cra- some crazy, like the Jameis Winston thing, I'm okay with. It just doesn't work with who they currently have in place. But I think that's the I think that's how the, it happens, right? Because we we have you know Ziggy's fired a head coach ten games into a contract extension before. It's not unprecedented. Uh, you know we Spielman. It, you know, we're all in the self preservation business, and once it flips from Zimmer self-preservation to Spielman self-preservation to me you look at Zimmer and say you're not a winning NFL head coach in the current construction right like to win with defense you have to hit a five-team parlay if any one of those bets fails I don't give a crap how good the other four were you lose and that defense like two of the three legs two or three legs of that parlay went bust in week one like and so the bet that Zimmer's made is is a losing one so what you say to him is like look you have the rest of the season but you have to change the nature of who you are and obviously what that means is that he's not going to and then you move on but the you what you don't is you don't go this milk toast 14 games the rest of the season with kirk dinking and dunking and 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 taking 12 answers to a question to actually not dinking and dunking Eric. (laughs) but but like that's gonna be what he's gonna have to do right like zimmer's gonna look at the first two games and say this isn't a winning formula you have to win with this formula and the problem is is they can't do that either because they because that formula like it'd be like the saints when the saints don't have a defense look at last night like you can't win throwing five a dot when your defense isn't playing well, you have to chuck the ball down the field, but that's not Kirk's nature. That's why Tampa Bay was in every game last year. Like they lost a ton of close. They were seven and nine lost a ton of close games. And it was despite Jameis throwing 30 picks and, they and, and it's because he kept both teams though. in the game. That's, that's yeah. what we want to see because that's how we're going to be able to evaluate the 15 rookies that are on this team. Not by trying not 
trying to lose every game 17-13. Yeah, yeah. And Eric, you hit the nail on the head there at the end. It's about getting Jameis is a question of how do we learn the most about the youngsters on this team? And, you know, I look at the the turnover proneness of Jameis Winston. To me, that says the defense is going to be in a lot of difficult spots. Maybe that's not exactly what Jeff Gladney or Cam Dantzler or Yannick Ngakwe need to, to prove their worth for the next 14 games. But I can be convinced anyways. We're also just low pointing on Kirk. Look, we're, we're not saying that he's going to play like this every week, but I think we're starting to question his ceiling or we're starting to just admit that his ceiling is nowhere near where it needs to be. So how do you learn about the young guys and how do you just fix the attitude around this roster? What really kills me is Gary Kubiak. You know, a lot of people have criticized his play calling, but let me tell you, like from my point of view, that's an offensive coordinator who hasn't called a game with this quarterback before. He's starting to start slow, build some rapport with his QB, understand what he does well and what he doesn't do well. My fear is that Gary Kubiak is seeing this Kirk Cousins performance and he's like, nope, going straight back to Dalvin Cook 30 times a game. That's a very real possibility. So we just have to ask ourselves, you know, how do we get the youngsters some face time on the field? Well, well but under Gary Kubiak, that's what he wants to do no matter who the quarterback is though, right? He wants to run the football. Peyton Manning is, a, a, to me, a different story just because Peyton Manning and himself – creates his own offenses he just <laughs> did um and gets, adam, and gets adam gase paid and gets yeah. adam gase paid uh and that privilege uh anyways but yes i agree gary kubiak needs to like i think the offense obviously needs to figure it out because if the offense doesn't start consistently being a consistent driver of of points this team's screwed and we obviously saw it on sunday 11 points and they didn't score their first touchdown until what, like four minutes left in the game, something like that? Like, you, you kick a field goal on the three-yard line of the first drive of the game should tell you everything you know about the team. You're on the three-yard the th- three line, and you're like, oh, we'll kick it because it's the first drive. We'll be back. They didn't, go, they didn't get back until the fourth quarter, and by that time it didn't matter. So if they don't start changing who they are, which we haven't seen in six-plus six years, I have a hard time expecting it to happen, even if he says he's going to – they need to change who they are. Because until we oh, see yeah. it, how am I supposed to know it's going to happen? Yeah, so, Eric, I had a question for you because, like, we started talking about scheme, and you tweeted it out earlier, um, some of the work you've been doing showing, like, how similar schemes are across the league. And wasn't sure if it was you or Nick that pointed out that, you know, Cleveland and the Vikings are looking similar schematically. And so – how much of the problem, because I know, like, obviously no one here is trying to let Kirk off the, the hook, except for maybe Nick. You know, he has the license plate and all, so, you know, you got you to ride with the investment. But how much of what we're seeing is the fact that, like, we're just hella predictable. Like, watching the game, and I didn't watch live, I thankfully didn't spend, like, the, the three hours that, that many of you did. I was out, came back, watched the condensed version. But there's just not a lot that is happening in this offense. And maybe there wasn't that much happening in the offense before that 
seem like we just like really were outsmarting anyone. Like it seems like a lot of the brilliance that we've talked about over the last few years has really been our receivers are really good and they're getting open yeah. and also some, some rollouts and some play action. And now with Adam Thielen being our only NFL caliber receiver, you just put two guys on him and that's our passing game. Like it's pretty much a wrap on anything else that we can do. And it doesn't seem that we have any sort of schematic counters for the fact that they're going to double Adam Thielen. Like we know they're going to double Adam Thielen. Like why haven't we been able to figure out a way to operate by getting the ball to somebody else on the team? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, you, you talk about Cleveland, Cleveland's problem is they might not have a third wide receiver, uh, you know, and they had an effective game against the Cincinnati defense last Thursday, um, leaning on, you know, two talented wide receivers, two talented running backs. And it does show how fragile that offense is when you lose, you know, whatever people, some people think Thielen's better than Diggs, whatever. If they're the same, if you lose one of your two great receivers, it shows how fragile that is because, you know, you watch 2017. One of the funnest things to do is go back and watch Case Keenum. Keenum is horrible. But, like, the, the, the amount of times he would just throw a corner out off his back foot and there was no one within 30 yards, you know, a 10-yard radius around Diggs or Thielen, it was amazing. And you see the same things happening to Josh Allen in Buffalo right now. And, you know, what did Buffalo do? Buffalo's a very smart team. They have a quarterback who's far more limited than Kirk is. But they got John Brown, they got Cole Beasley, and they got Diggs. And it's like it's really hard to guard that offense, and it's really hard for a quarterback to miss those players because they're, they're open, they create separation. And the Vikings, it's not that they don't have talent. They got a, a pretty good young tight end in Irv Smith. I have no clue why they're not using him. Kyle Rudolph's fine as like a old, you know, like Anthony Fasano-like tight end currently. And – you know, obviously you have, you have Thielen, who I think is a great two and a decent one, but you don't, and you have a bunch of guys who I think could fill in at three. You don't have a second receiver. And it's just, to me, like that's really good, limiting what they can do offensively. And, you know, Kubiak, the last time Kubiak called plays, he w it was in 2000 and what, 15? And that was Manning's worst year. But what did they have? They had the best defense in the NFL. They actually hit on that five-team parlay. That doesn't yeah, happen had, very much. Like, the best receiver duo in the yeah. league. And they had a good receiver duo, too. And Manning played like crap, but there was enough there there for, for them to make, you know, to do well. And, you know, and they kind of played in a weaker division. So then that was that, – that ended up being fine. The Vikings don't have any of those luxuries. And they don't seem to want to sort of, you know, change anything up to sort of make sure. And this is with – I said this on the podcast – Green Bay gave them a shot. Green Bay missed a fourth down at the one-yard line. They kicked two field goals in the red zone. Indianapolis drove the length of the field and threw an interception to Eric Wilson. Like, it's not that these teams have blown the Vikings out right away. They've given the Vikings chances. And it, it, to me, like, that's the most disheartening thing. Both yes. teams have dropped very long, accurate, deep passes that could have been walk-in touchdowns. When the games were still sort of in doubt. I mean, it, it's, yeah. you know, that, that makes me worried about them being competitive moving forward. 
I think if there's one thing that like growing up a Vikings fan has taught me, it's that wide receivers make a huge amount of difference. If you look at like the top five Vikings quarterbacks by EPA per play, it's pretty surprising. Todd Bauman, I think, is top five. Jeff George, I think, is number one. Case Keenum is number two. What do all these guys have in common? You know, Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, or Keenum. You know, it's Diggs and Thielen. I think it, it, it's not coincidental that we saw Diggs leave, go to Buffalo, and all of a sudden Josh Allen is leading the league in EPA per play, whereas Kirk is having one of his worst starts ever. So it, the receiver talent makes such a huge difference, and we'll see if they have anything in D.C. or Justin Jefferson. But right now they're just not in a position – to, to, to carry the team and well, you know no, as bad as, it's Kirk like I just can't uh, again I'm sorry like I, we can't have these scheme conversate these wide receiver importance conversations because the plan after Diggs and even when we brought Kirk here in the first place was for him to improve to be better than the guy he was in Washington to get better every day every minute every second and he's never had that attitude he's written it down too his 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 per his career arc his development arc is perfectly horizontal he's the same guy he was in 2015 and you look around the league tom brady's reinvented himself three times uh pat mahomes wins a super bowl and he talks about building a dynasty even even the guy who's coming in next week, Ryan Tannehill, that's a long, hard career, but he improved himself to become a late riser at the quarterback position. So we don't have that Jerry Rice, that Michael Jordan attitude where good isn't good enough, great isn't great enough, elite isn't elite until you're holding a Lombardi trophy. And Kirk came here with the attitude that he was already good enough. He just had to be in the right situation. Mm-hmm. No, you make that situation. You improve the Vikings, yourself. The Vikings did that same thing too. I agree. Exactly. With I agree with you hundred percent, Flip. Because yes. the Vikings said our twenty seventeen season was a was very good. What we met, were missing was a quarterback to finish it off. Yes. And they brought in the quarterback that they thought was going to finish it off. And what have we seen since? One playoff win. And, well, that, and that's and that's why Kirk can't win because the, right. the ultimate thing about it is he was a fourth round pick out of Michigan State. His career goal was to be a was to be a multi multi millionaire and to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Everything else to him, I feel like, is just a business decision, right? Like, yeah, he he's satisfied. Yeah. Well, and, and the worst thing is his 2018 season was his most talented season, or in terms of like the Vikings roster overall, was the most talented roster the Vikings had. And they screwed it up by John D. Filippo. They ran this, the wrong scheme with the wrong talent, wrong players, and decided that it was gonna work. That that Kirk was gonna be a different type of quarterback than what he really was. It's just a no, thing where it, when he wins a playoff game in New Orleans, the thing I saw on his face was relief. Yeah, and when yep. and and that's that's the that's the that's the end goal of somebody who's just trying to maintain something, right? If like he was 27, 26. I'd understand. He's 31. Right. He's 32. He's 32. Yeah. And I mean, all of the same flaws. He, he still can't feel pressure. He still throws short of the sticks. Yeah. I mean, the dude has never improved himself. He's never but said, ever. I need to get better at this. I know. We gotta, gotta, gotta let Nick talk. We gotta let Nick defend our hand here. As, as the resident Kirk Sam, you know, I got I gotta say something for my man here. Uh, I, I I think that's a lot of that is, is rings true. I think with Kirk specifically, though, 
watching the film, he's not the same quarterback he was in Washington. We've seen him get more and more accurate each year. Last week was a huge aberration on that. So we'll see if that changes. But you just look at his completion percentage above expectation. It's top of the league. It's up there with Russ. It's up there with Drew Brees. Uh, you look at, you know, his play under pressure. He's, he's become one of the better quarterbacks at it. We, you know, pro football focus tracks like how often a pressure play turns into sacks. Hurts top 10 in that metric. Over his career, you, you look at, you know, we want him to push the ball farther downfield. He's top three in average intended air yards this year. So we're seeing improved. You know, just watch the last two games. There's a lot of bad. But one of the things that sticks out with Kirk is he's extending plays. He's rolling out of the pocket when he feels pressure. He's sensing pressure. So there's, there's a lot going wrong here. And I think Kirk is a huge, huge part of the problem so far. You know, you just look at, like, the team pro football focus grade. Their passing grade is 15th. Their receiving grade, I think, is 18th. Their pass blocking grade is 27th. So there's an argument that, like, Kirk is doing better than his supporting cast right now. It's just that the supporting cast is that bad. But I, I think you can push back on that by saying, yeah, well, a lot of Kirk's, you know, good passing grades came in garbage time. And there's something to that. But, but I, I think there's the, 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 we have seen slight improvements with Kirk. The real question is, can they, is Kirk good enough by himself to carry a team to the ultimate Super Bowl? And based on things so far, it doesn't look like it. But it's also possible that we're just overreacting to the first two weeks. I mean, look at last year. Kirk's, if you look at, like, you know, his EPA per play last year, it was bottom of the league. If you look at over 2015 through 2019, he's, like, bottom 10 in the first two weeks of EPA per play. So I think Kirk, may, it's possible Kirk just starts slow and we'll see things turn around the same way they did last year. It's easy to overreact to the first two weeks. I don't know. I'm not saying Kirk is, is, is absent of any of the blame. He's the quarterback. is the most important position to get right. And so he played, he shares a huge look front of the load, especially starting slow week one. And then week two, he was the worst player on the field. But, uh, you know, you, you look at like Drew Samia getting bulldozed. You look at Adam Thielen, you look at Thielen, you know, dropping an intercept, dropping a pass that gets intercepted with a BC. You, you look at Herb Smith dropping that go route downfield. You look at Cal Rudolph not bringing in that contested catch. There's a lot of things going wrong here. Kirk's a huge problem, but there's a lot of other problems on the team. Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest issue with Kirk is that I agree with everything you're saying. I think when you – and this is partially our problem because we track things. You reap what you reward, right? So anytime you measure things, right, and Kirk's measurements have been 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, right? PFF grade in the top 10. He does certain things that optimize for that and don't optimize for winning. And that's why he's so good sometimes in the, you know, in the end of game situation where no one cares because he's, he's optimizing for something different than winning that game maybe, or that Super Bowl. Well, and we, so here's one thing we know, like obviously the Vikings are 0-2. It's been bad. They're going to show improvement at some point, what that improvement looks like. We don't know that variation. Like, like to your point, Nick, I do not believe that this team is going to pull a 2019 where they go on a, what is it, what was it, six of eight run or whatever that looked like last year where they had that stretch where they were winning consistently to get themselves back into a positive position in a, in a playoff run. I don't know if I see that from this team, but at the same time, I expect the upward trajectory to happen soon. But again, how much of an upward trajectory it's going to be, we don't know. This is the worst supporting cast Kirk's had probably in his career as a starting quarterback. Um, I don't blame him, but the Vikings put themselves in that position by trading their best player, by deciding we're not going to go spend in free agency to go replace him. We're just going to use the draft. And we believe that Adam Thielen and, and Irv Smith are good enough to, to fix all those problems. Whew. All Nick, right, gentlemen, we have, we have four minutes. 
four minutes to wrap this on. I know Flip wants to just do this until tomorrow sometimes. We have four minutes. And there is, yes, it's been hot garbage thus far. But as we bring things home here, Flip, I'm going to start with you because, you know, I did just cut you off. I want you to look ahead and tell me what you are looking forward to as we, we head into this next week. Thank you, Jason. I've had my time. And so I'm going to defer this question to Nick. <laughs> I'm going to give you back some time. I'm sorry for cutting you off, Nick. <laughs> You're good. Oh, man. The, the, the thing is, I'm not sure that the schedule gets any easier for the Vikings at this point. That's the big, that's the problem right now is, is you look at, sure, there's, there's probably going to be some regression to Kirk's mean in terms of his accuracy, in terms of his positive plays. Um, he's not the same quarterback he was last week. Um, so we'll probably see some improvement there. But at the same time, bars out for the year. The cornerbacks suck. <laughs> there, there, there's some rookie growing pains here that we're going to be going through. The defensive tackles are the worst in the NFL. Shamar Stefan is our best defensive tackle, like literally, and 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 Oof. and and Pat Elfine is our best guard. <laughs> so that's the, that's the situation the Vikings are in right now. Um, the receivers aren't getting j- separation. So there's just there there's some things that'll improve, but there are also some problems that I'm just not sure we have answers for. And you look at like Ryan Tannehill coming in next week, or Javian Clowney, and um, and the, the the Titans defensive line squaring up against our offensive line. It's just, there aren't many mess. There aren't many um, um, opponent matchups that favor the Vikings going forward. So I don't know. I'm not saying we should tank, but you know, if, if, if Harrison Smith wants to go on COVID-19 and opt out, I'm, you know, I'm on board with that because if there were ever a year, if there were ever a year where look, look, the number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft is probably a top five NFL asset. You know, you got Mahomes contract, Lamar's contract, and then you can start arguing that Trevor Lawrence at the number one pick on a rookie contract is one of the most valuable assets in football. I'm not saying tanking works or anything, but I'm saying if you wind up in a position to be able to, to acquire that asset, you go after it. They'd trade it, wouldn't they? We, we, we'd, get a, we'd get a tackle or a cornerback. But, Jason, you know, my, Jason. Wyatt Davis yeah. with the number what? three pick in the 2021 <laughs> NFL draft. What I'm looking for this game is, and I suggest all Vikings fans do this, is take a look at the Titans offensive coordinator. He's risen quickly. Arthur Smith, great play caller. And if things go south, that's a guy, not Eric Bieniemy, not Josh McDaniels. That's a guy who you can say, hmm, maybe this would be a good Vikings head coach. Whew. Flip. What the heat? He does a lot of the same things. That, I mean, it's the same wide zone stuff. Yep, they, that's what they'd have to do. If they get rid of Zim, it'd have to be a, a coach that, that runs a, an outside zone scheme. But uh, uh, Joe, it's coming. Uh, the Colts are probably the worst team. The Vikings are going are gonna to play in the next, what, six weeks until they play the Lions, in my opinion. So, who knows? <laughs> so, so, what are you calling? What are you looking for? Are you what watching the game? What do you mean, what am I looking for? I'm looking for them to be better. I, like, there isn't much else to say. Just play better. Like, get Jeff- Jefferson more involved. Get Irv Smith more involved. Kirk, yeah. figure something out with accuracy. Learn but to throw some guys open. I don't know what else to say. They're not going to lock themselves into a Super Bowl. I no. just want to see something from the young kids. You know, I want to yeah. Holton Hill, Jeff Gladney, somebody, please. Exactly. <laughs> Give us something to hope for long term. All right. And we, we end the pod where we began. Eric, less than a minute to go here. Most hated man because you are not a free thinker. Talk to me. <laughs> Unlike Kirk, I'm not a free thinker. 
Um, I just want to have fun. That's why I want Jameis on the Vikings. That's all. I just want to have fun. I want all of us to have fun. I want us to enjoy the season we didn't think we were going to have. There it is. And that's, I think, the message for all of us. We just want to have some fun with this product that's supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to be fun. And uh, it hasn't been thus far. So, listeners, thanks for sticking with us. Viewers, thanks for watching. And, gentlemen, this was fun. Talk to you again next week. Y'all have a good one.